Welcome to the podcast from Label to Able, a show to discuss the different aspects and perspectives of developmental disabilities, so everyone learns to look beyond the label and starts to look at the abilities of their peers. Today's guest is Nicole Slavinsky, an intervention specialist at Westfield Elementary School in Avon Lake, Ohio. Thanks so much for coming on my podcast today. Hi, Ella. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I am too. Um, Would you start by just describing yourself a little bit to the listeners? Oh, absolutely. Um, So I've been teaching for almost 20 years, always with the moderate intensive group. Uh, They're the kids that typically need the most supports in life to navigate the world. And um, like you mentioned, I'm at Avon Lake and I've been here for nine years and I absolutely love it here. That's amazing. So you said you were teaching for 20 years. Where did you spend um, the years before Westfield Elementary School? Sure. I, uh, my first part of my career was spent with the positive education program. Uh, it started out as the Center for Special Needs, but when I left, the name had changed to Prentice Autism Center. Okay, um, and awesome. that is a nonprofit where students who can't function in public schools um, go to get help. And um, what age groups were you working with there? When I was there, I worked um, with all ages, anywhere from five to 21. And when I came to Avon Lake, I started working with the elementary kids. That's awesome. Um, what college did you go to and license or degrees do you have? Sure, I actually got my undergrad from Michigan State University. Um, I'm a big Spartan. And ironically <laughs> enough, I had no desire to go into teaching. I actually went into human ecology, which is a form of social work. Oh yeah. And I was gonna be a probation officer. That's always what I was gonna do. Interesting. And my almost then husband, we were engaged moved to the Cleveland area and um, I started doing social work for positive education program. And then um, I fell in love with these kids and knew I had to be in the classroom. So I went to Cleveland state and got my master's in curriculum and instruction. And I've been teaching ever since. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. Um, So I know you said you haven't always taught, taught at the elementary school level, but if you can pick, I know this might be a hard one. What did you like better, the working with the nonprofit and all the age groups or solely focusing in on just elementary level? I My passion is with elementary for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's when you hit them earliest, right? Like you you can make the most impact, in my opinion, when yeah. they're younger yeah. and then build sure. on it. So definitely the elementary age. Okay. I would have to agree with you. Yeah. Um, so how would you describe your teaching style and classroom type? Sure. So I'm super eclectic uh, and definitely there isn't one, you know, one mold that or one model that fits all. Um, So I do some ABA or um, a lot of people notice discrete trial instruction um, or, you know, pivotal response. And then I also do some teach training, um, which is trying to get the kids to work a little bit more independently, uh, learning a little bit more rote. Um, And so really, I just I try anything and everything and really try to hone in on what works best for every individual. Um, Do you use any types of like websites or programs to help you teach in a fun, fun way? I do. I use um, Boom Learning Cards, which is a web-based program. 
my all-time favorite and probably one of the oldest school things, Edmark Reading Program. It's been around forever, <laughs> but I have taught so many kids to read using Edmark. That's awesome. And then, yeah, and then there's another one called um, Teach Town, okay. and they have a couple different ones. We um, at Avon Lake just adopted a curriculum through okay. them. Yeah. And so there's some supplemental apps that we get to use, which is really That's awesome. awesome. Um, so what other type of help do you have in your classroom, like paraprofessionals or aides or anything like that? Yeah, I have, I'm really super lucky. I have four paraprofessionals who are all very wonderful and I couldn't do my job without them. <laughs> um, and, and I know Ella, I know you went to Westview, so you I often did, got yes. to see them Yeah, and they're, and they're all still there. You know, we have a few new ones, but most of them yeah, are still there. They're all the same. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But then also every single one of my kids um, has occupational therapy and speech therapy. Okay. So do they do um, group lessons or individual lessons for uh, occupational for, speech therapy? Yeah, they do both. Um, okay. And then also what we do is outside of their time with the speech or occupational therapist, yeah. we implement that stuff in the classroom so that they're continuing to work on those skills and build on them. That's awesome. Um, have you made any modifications or additions to your classroom to make it a better learning environment for your class? Yeah, actually this year um, I moved to a new classroom. I spent about eight years out of the nine that I've been there fighting to get one of the old kindergarten rooms. And yeah. so there's an auxiliary room on the back of it and I have a sensory swing in there. And then That's I also awesome. have like black lights and bubble columns, things that yeah. are super engaging for students with disabilities where they can explore and get their sensory needs met. You know, unlike you and I, yeah. we can self-regulate and they need help self-regulating. And yeah. so I have that available in my classroom for them. Do you give um, sensory breaks as rewards or just as needed? Or how do you work your sensory breaks in the classroom? Sensory breaks are typically given as needed or they're, to be honest with you, they're pretty scheduled. Okay. Um, rewards are more if the kids pick some kind of sensory item that they want to play yeah. with. Usually they want to do iPad or, um, you know, something along those lines, uh, but yeah. the sensory breaks, we don't use those words. They just need okay. them. And so That's they get awesome. them they need them. That's amazing. Um, do you see any separation between your class and any of the other classes in the school, like mistreatment or bullying? So the one positive at Westview is that our kids sometimes are almost too spoiled. There's been times where we've had to tell their typical peers, hey, you have to back off a little bit. Don't put their coat on for them. They need to do that yeah. on their own. Well, that's uh, so I would actually yeah. say at Westview, it's kind of a reverse situation where they're almost too loved at times. <laughs> um, and they really are genuinely cared for. So we have a very unique uh, setting at Westview and we're pretty yeah. lucky. Yeah, I would say Westview, I mean, it is a smaller elementary school compared to some, but it's a very close-knit family, more environment than just like a regular school building. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. It's a family. Yeah, it's a family. Um, and yep. so what's your favorite part of your job? Um, so I guess uh, probably the favorite part of my job uh, when it's just not a daily type thing, but we do Special Olympics with our kids. Uh, we do time trials in the fall at the high school and take them up to the stadium. Uh, you know, it's amazing what Mrs. Tomlin does up there um, yeah. with her kids and, and Mr. Era gets, you know, volunteers and Mr. Smith gets volunteers and the band is there playing music and the cheerleaders are out cheering and the, and the football event. players are helping. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously awesome for these kids that they don't get to experience. Yeah. And then in the spring, they go to Elyria to Eli Stadium and they get to participate in running, jumping and high jump activities. 
And again, you see the smiles on these kids' faces. You just see pure joy. That's probably one of the favorite parts of my job. Um, but on a day-to-day basis is just getting kids to trust me and know that they're safe and that, um, that they're not going to be in harm when they come to school. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, do you have a story or two that would explain just again, like why you like your job so much? Oh, uh, sure. I, I have a couple, uh, I have lots of stories. Yeah. But, oh, I bet. Uh, when, <laughs> uh, I always say I could write a book about the stories I have, but, um, you know, back in my early days when I was at PEP, we used to take the kids on camp trips oh. and we would leave on a Tuesday and we would bring the kids back to their parents on a Thursday. So kind of multi-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice break for the parents because they yeah. don't get that. That's the reality is that these parents don't get a break and they need yeah. it. Um, and we would get to learn so much about the kids. We'd teach them how to cook. We would do arts and crafts. We would do dances at night. We would hike in the woods and that and you would like just so really fun. learn. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was very tiring, but it was a lot yeah. of fun. Oh, yeah. um, but like on a, on a more of a personal note, um, probably my favorite is that... Um, uh, I have a nonverbal student who communicates uh, through the use of a, a communication device, Proloquo, yeah. on his iPad. Okay. And um, he's actually reading this year, which is really oh cool. Goodness. That's awesome. So to get a nonverbal kid who is low functioning to look at a word and scan through this device at all of these pictures and find the right picture to read a word yeah. is incredible. So that's that's probably one of my favorite um stories about success. Yeah, that's probably very like self-rewarding because you were able to, someone that is like nonverbal, they're able to comprehend and like read that word and pick it, pick out the picture. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I just have one last question for you, um, sure. kind of a loaded one. So um, what's one thing that you wish everyone knew about developmental disabilities? Yeah, that, that is pretty loaded, Ella. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just got to think uh, more. <laughs> You know, people need to look beyond the disability. And I think you said that, you know, kind of almost the title of your podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you get to know these kids, uh, just because they have special needs doesn't mean that they're not capable of doing many things. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, they find a way into your heart, whether you want them in their heart, you know, you may not even think that you have that. I never thought I had it in me. And now I will never ever teach in a regular education setting because I don't have that in me. I have special <laughs> needs in my heart. Yeah. You know, so so these kids find their way into your heart and and really they are capable of so much. And so people just need to look beyond the disability and they're human beings. And yeah. that's what they need to be treated as. That's so true. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Ella, this is an amazing, amazing project you're working on. And thank you. I'm just so proud of you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for today's episode. Remember to be kind and always look for the able instead of the label.